Where's the fucking intro? There. There it is. Uh, this guy's called the Standing Streamer. with regret you're watching putting you over how's it going everybody what's going on i do not have my headphones on so i can't hear my audio level there it is from parts unknown it's right Vanessa's in the chat. D-Rod is here. Blowout man. B to the O to the B. Bob. Welcome everybody to putting you over on a Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, I'm I'm real excited about tonight's show. Very excited. Uh, we have, you know, we're going to talk all things wrestling. Whatever you guys want to talk about tonight, I'm open. We had the Wednesday Night Wars last night. We can definitely get into that. Also, um, we have our guest tonight, and that is none other than PCO, former Ring of Honor World Champion, the man who is not human, will join us tonight for a few. Uh, And I'm excited. I'm very excited. I've passed along the notes to Vanessa. And she says, and I quote, man, that's a lot of notes. And I said, well, you know, it is, it is a lot of notes, but a lot of them uh, go hand in hand with each other. So I might ask something or say something and it, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of notes, but uh, I think we're going to do a good job. No retribution on NXT. That is something very interesting. Yes, good point. Good point, B.O.B. Um, I think you're right. I also have the chat up here tonight. So if you see me looking like this a lot, I'm reading the chat. Uh, different building. Vanessa is always here to ruin our fun. I am going to turn this. Anyways, as we wait for PCO to show up, I do have my notes ready to go. I am drinking the guest beer tonight because I am all out of Rolling Rock. But you have to have a uh, beer 
when you're standing at the bar. Otherwise, there's just no point to stand at the bar. No one drinks coffee at the bar. And uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. I, I, I mean, if you don't know who PCO is, hopefully after tonight you will, and you'll, you'll learn more about him. You'll go search out his matches, uh, and it'll be great. Here we go. Showtime. There he is. How you doing, sir? I can hear you. Wait for him to connect to his audio. How you doing tonight, Mr. PCO? Hey, I'm doing great. What about you? Oh, I'm doing fine. We're just uh, standing around here, you know, waiting for you to come in, <laughs> having having a, having a good old time. Uh, how you doing on this, on this fine? Uh, what is it? Thursday? It's crazy. Like in this pandemic age, uh, I have no idea what day of the week it is. So yeah, I think it's Thursday. It is a Thursday. Yeah. Um, how how are you holding up during the pandemic? I've been busier than ever. I mean, that's uh, yeah, so much thing to do. We're you know we're shooting a lot of uh, a lot of stuff for. Uh, PCO Justice, you know, Monday night, PCO yep. and Destro, and uh, we're, we're busy shootings, we're, we're busy, busy uh, training a lot, you know, like, uh, I hit the tip boys today, and uh, just just doing different things, uh, writing the scenarios and uh, meetings with the companies uh, on, on Zoom, and uh, also, um, uh, there's, uh, you know, I... Uh, started to arm wrestle a little bit so oh really we, we do yeah 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 i'm just uh yeah yeah I just started to train for that like i've, I've, I've been doing a lot of hands training uh lately but uh, I've, been, uh, I've been uh having a few matches lately so it's, it's just uh doing things that uh, i have fun with Yes, and it, that's important to have fun. Whose idea was it for you to start arm wrestling? Is that uh, the mad brilliance of Destro? Yeah, because he's a uh, he's a uh, finish uh, last year second in the uh, Canadian Open, oh, uh, uh, Canadian Championship uh, on his divisions, and uh, he's uh, he's really good and keeps uh, us strengths and all that. So we're. It's part of the workout, so uh, well we we got a regular workout, and then we got the hands workout, and then we got the arm wrestling workout, and then we got the wrestling workout. <laughs> we're just busier than ever, yeah. and I, I got my I have my 11 years old daughter, uh, so uh, school's gonna start only oh. in two weeks from now. So yeah. uh, it's, it's just been a blast. I mean. Uh, and uh, in Canada, uh, it feels like, you know, the, the, the curve is flattered. Yeah. Uh, there's no more deaths. There's no more people getting hospitalized uh, for the last week or, or two, last two weeks maybe, or last week. I guess. I don't know how it is in Ontario. In Quebec, we're, we're fine. For the last four or five days, I think there's no deaths, no new deaths. Well, that's and uh, and we found out like like you know like ninety percent of those people came from uh, nursing houses and uh, you know so uh, there's there's a lot going on in Montreal yeah right now yeah it's moving it's a big uh, people are 
some of the people that are for a mass or some are against the mass, the, the, the freedom, the liberties, mm. this, so many things going on. Yeah, it's uh, the same thing here, and we don't we don't want to dwell on this, but it's the same thing over here. Uh, wear the mask, don't wear the mask, this and that. Uh, our curve is nowhere near Canada's, and uh, school is. I I have three daughters myself. One is eleven years old. Uh, the others are seven and three. School's starting up. Uh, the eleven year old's only going to go two days a week in person. The rest is virtual. Um, the seven-year-old is not going to go in person because oh. uh, that's that's our choice. Uh, yeah. she, she, where, where do you live? Where, where do you live at? I'm I'm in upstate New York. I'm like in Albany, New York. Um, my producer, okay. my producer's in Ontario. But yeah, know, that's what I heard. I've seen yep. that Ontario. Yeah, but, but but uh, yeah, but I know New York. Like I know like Andrew Cuomo. Like takes this very seriously and everything. So, I mean, he has done a great job. Yes. So, uh, yep. so it's, it's, it's a different story over it, there. It's, yeah. it's tough because it's just tough. Like, my seven-year-old has anxiety issues, and she's... Oh, okay. It, it's, it's just tough. And, like, today we had to send an email to my uh, shoot job, which is an actual school, where I take my youngest daughter with me. And I had to say that I wasn't coming back in September because uh, I have to stay home with the middle one and, you know, homeschooler. But, you know, that's what we're doing right now. And I, I'm lucky yeah. enough to have that luxury where I can stay home. My wife will work from home still. And but it, it's it just sucks. No, <laughs> it just sucks. Yeah, I know. I mean, for, 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 for us, for our wage, like we have plans on. Mm -hmm. You know, going live uh, in June or July. We're supposed to go live on, I believe it was Thursday night. And yeah. Really, really to battle and to do good, great business and to do good ratings and to transform, you know, what our wage was as far as the TV production and not, not the production of the of the show, but producing a live content show on a weekly basis in large in front of a large, you know, larger, maybe ROH TV reaches like over 500,000 people a week, but it's all on different time slots, yeah, and yeah. different different areas and different syndicated TV stations. But to be able to go on one station and to be at eight and all at the same time and to have like a, a bigger audience, you know, all together, and we were really looking forward to that, and then that that uh, crisis stroke, and like just like you said, you know, I think yeah, it changed uh, so many plans for so many people, and just that to be in my case to be creative and to come up with content, uh, uh, you know, to be up there. And then and to be able to, to show something, to entertain people, and to uh, to develop the character in a way that it shouldn't have been developed with the wrestling. But uh, since we couldn't do it, we we uh, we did something pretty cool with it, you know. So. And speaking of of Ring of Honor, in, in this pandemic did come at the worst time. It came like right before the Crockett Cup which Ring of Honor and NWA have that working relationship. And I'm 
convinced some big things might have gone down there to help both companies, and uh, it just it didn't come out. But uh, the the PCO character in Ring of Honor, uh, like that was the resurrection, man. And we'll we're gonna touch back on your early days, but that resurrection, uh, the birth of PCO and Ring of Honor, how did that come about? Well, it, it, first it came from from having a huge, huge uh, uh, tour of all the indie companies across the U.S., you know, from Texas to uh, Portland, Oregon, or Seattle to Ooh. New York, uh, uh, L.A., I mean, Denver and Louisiana and all over the place. I mean, that, that I had a, a bunch of matches in 2017 and a few the beginning of 2018. And then at WrestleMania 34, I had that match against Walter, yeah, the Walter ECW. Yeah. Yeah, at Georgia and Spring Break 2. And for different reasons, it just happened that we crushed it, you know, we totally like, uh, had like, not once in a lifetime, but maybe five, 10 in a lifetime. I mean, one of those matches that it's going to be memorable forever. It, it was match of the weekend. Way. It was match of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also just, uh, been a while outside the, uh, the U S market as a wrestler and, and being there against Walter, like, People didn't know what to expect at all because they hadn't seen me in a while. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Joey Janela was like booking with uh, Danny Demento and Brett Lauderdale, and they were like, they, people were questioning, well, did PCO Pierre? Uh, I don't know what what you guys are thinking. And then I remember walking in there, and it was so cold, and then by mid-match when he's, he started like exchanging on huge chops yeah. back and forth and then vicious chops <laughs> oh yeah it was vicious it was it was so well done and then it's not like we practiced like anything you know i yeah. i got there you know in the afternoon and it just clicked and then the, the crowd erupted like they, they they were saying, you know, they were sitting up you know enjoying a, a decent match and at one point the match I don't know what made them click if it was the chops exchange or the all the crazy things that I started doing like the boots all up the top rope was nobody there to catch basically. <laughs> Or, or you know, a split legged moonsault and a bunch of things that made it just like so special. And it was an eruption, you know, the people just all got up and then started like cheering crazy. And, uh, and then I got the win, and then it was like a big standing ovation, and not just for my win, but I think it was yeah, for man. the for both of us and me and Walter like having a great match and uh, that it went viral all over the media and, yep. and, you know Twitter and Facebook and everywhere it went like totally viral and and after that every promoter's 
wanted to get me in their show, so I did like huge tournaments like SCI oh. Chattanooga. I did uh, Bola for PWG. I did uh, a bunch of main events. I got hired from L- from uh, MLW, and then and then I remember when I started with MLW, like they wanted to bring me in uh, after a month, like one show, the first show. And they came back after the Battle Royal and adjust things and kind of put me over on different things. And then it started like running promos and then they started to main event me like every, you know, month. Uh, and then I went to Germany for WXW. Mm-hmm. Had an awesome match with Ilya Dragunov and then matches with Walter a few more times. I just wrestled basically like Matt Riddle, you know, all the great talents on the indie scenes, Joey Janela at the time. Uh, miss maybe Keith Lee a little bit, like he was just, had been signed, so I didn't have the chance to wrestle him. But I uh, just had the chance to wrestle every single like top indie workers. And then uh, a bunch of companies wanted to hire me. Uh, I think first was Impact Wrestling. Uh, then I like, and then I, I had like a meeting with our wage and AEW showed some interest, but I had already committed to our wage, so uh, it was like almost too late. And uh, didn't have a TV deal at that time, we only had a few shows booked, you know, for a year, so uh, I just like decided to go with Ring of Honor and uh, you know, making sure that we were gonna keep that path that I've been working on, you know, that keep that monster alive and keep that, you know, he's not human and keep doing the things that I've been doing. And then I've, uh, 2019 was an incredible run. Uh, World world Tag Team Champs, Brody King, World Six Man Tag Champs, Brody and Marty and Dylan Enterprises. And then the, the Crockett Cup, and the uh, NWA Rocket Cup, NWA World Tag Team Champs, and uh, to top it all off, the uh, uh, World Heavyweight uh, you know, title that I won at the uh, final battle yeah. in, uh, in December at Baltimore, the UNBC Arena. And uh, it's just been a great run, you know, it's just been awesome. Is that world championship win in December at final battle, the highlight of your career? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it's not enough uh, for me to say, you know, uh, I've done what I've, I've had to do in this business. You know, I want to, I had higher goals. Not that it's a, I don't want to diminish the goal, but the goal for me was to, to draw, you know, like a, a, an awesome gate, like yep. uh, 100,000 people or so, and to draw also a, uh, a tremendous, like, uh, buy rate, you know, like, uh, you know, just something like, you know, like Cena and, and Rock had, had done at one point, I think. And, uh, you know, like McGregor and uh, Mayweather, that was huge, you know. Yep. And uh, just, just hoping for 2021, or somewhere around there that organically 
something will take place like that. I don't know if it's going to be uh, um, maybe uh, two promotions working together. I really don't know. I, you know, all I focus, I, I focus on the end goal and I let lives organize everything because when I try to think how it's going to come around, I could have never guessed or I could have never imagined that one match with Black Label Pro, that Joy Gemma would be there watching where I killed it with uh, right. Ollie, Ollie Go Eaton Page, would have brought me to WrestleMania 34 and would have done all the damage that I did after that. You know, I could never wrote a scenario like that. That's that was just happened. You know, I, I the only thing I had envisioned was the end result earlier on in my life, but, but never, never tried to figure out how it's gonna happen. How it's gonna get just, there? Just, just, yeah, just like writing a yeah. feud. You you start at the the end. And, and figure out how you're gonna get there on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, things will, things will get it. Will shift in the right place at the right time. Yes, it, it sure will. And uh, I, I want to, I want to jump back a bit to your early days, um, before the resurrection of of the man PCO. You, you had, uh, you, you spent a lot of time on the indie scene, like eight eight years on the indie scene before you got discovered for that first run in WWF. Um, yeah. So how does that come about? I think if my notes are correct. You were over in England, I think, uh, yeah. with yeah. Dickinson. And how does that even come about that first run with the WWF? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it started when I was, uh, 16 and then uh and then you know where i started it was a lot of guys that i did like two different territories back then indie territories yeah either new york or puerto rico or cwa uh fat dressing association for auto man like uh ufo bob de la sera like a huge star there and 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 cwa was huge and i've heard like great uh story from europe from germany from england but I didn't have any contacts there. So the first guys who really helped me out, his name was, he was an undercard worker. He was a ring builder for the show, had a ring crew. His name was the farmer, Louis Lawrence. And then he, he got he got me in touch with a girl in Toronto. Uh, her name was Lori Joyce. And she booked me on my first indie show outside of where I was wrestling in the little town of, but not a little town, but a little small place in Montreal, and, that, and it was like like the wrestling school basically. And then yeah. I got out because we were doing match every uh, Sunday afternoon at two p.m. That free and two dollars to get in for fans. It's where I broke in, and it's where everybody broke in in Montreal. Pat Paris and the Rougeau brothers, everybody broke in there. I broke in there, and uh, and from there it was like, okay, what's next now? And then I figured out that. If I don't get on the road, nothing's going to move. Nothing's going to happen. So I got that chance. I went to Toronto. I worked with a guy called Steve Irwin. Uh, make a long story short, uh, the Rock's dad was on the show. Ricky, Rocky and Ricky Johnson, they yeah. tagged in together. Had the chance to 
I was always big heroes there, you know, when I was a kid, I was 16, 17, I was listening to what, you know, those guys had to say about the business, and, you know, they were laid back, having a little beer after the show, and talking, and I made that guy, his Steve uh, Irwin, look pretty good, that was his first match ever in Toronto, wow. so eventually, his dad, his dad was, was working legitly for a huge company in England, so he brought his son, with him and then the son started to wrestle for Brian Dixon. So uh, we, I stayed in, in touch with Steve, which I had my first match against. And he, he said, hey, call Brian. Uh, he's, he's getting new guys. He wants new faces, new talent. So I got there with my partner and we started there right in England. I mean, I had been, I had been very unsuccessfully uh, going to Calgary. I couldn't make the, the roster there. I was trying art, you know, I was traveling to Edmonton, to Calgary, to with Stuart, and trying to get Stu to get me a, a match, trying to get Bruce Art to get me a match. <clears throat> Couldn't get a match. Came back, MTNs in Montreal, and then I went for uh, René Dupre's dad, Emile Dupre's in the Maritimes. Got laid off after the first month because I was wrestling on, I was on top. Uh, wrestling the Booker Bob, Bulldog Bob Brown from Kansas City and Masahira Chono, who was my age. We were both young kids, and uh, I was messing up a lot of spots. My English wasn't that good, so I couldn't hear well when they would call a spot yeah. to me. Like but when Bob would call a spot to me, then I would just screw it up. So <laughs> didn't have enough fire, didn't have enough this, didn't have enough that. Wasn't supposed to be in that business. Uh, so anyways, I got cut from the, the crew and came back here and then started calling Brian Dixon uh, early in the morning because of the time change. Yeah. I put my alarm early and said, yeah, send some pictures and some photos. And then uh, we got booked and got there and, uh, and uh, 20 pounds wages a day. You know, it's 20 pounds, yeah. $40 back then. Working seven seven days a week and traveling like I don't know how many miles, two thousand miles per week. I don't know. It was a crazy ride. And it was crazy, but but the, we did great business. We ended up with a raise. We finished. We were making thirty five pounds at the end of the of the tour. Got booked in Germany for Rene Lastes, which is a middle place between Auto Vans and let's say you know it was like just a step before Auto. Chris Jericho worked there too, and a bunch of guys worked for Renee. And uh, I was one of Renee's favorites, so uh, I would always finish. Like, let's say if Renee would win the tournament, I'd finish second in the tournament like for a couple of years, and then eventually uh, I got picked up by Auto Vans, and then, then I uh, I really did very good there for myself. So they offered me. I I did the. Um, I did uh, 92, and they signed me up for 93 for the whole tour for six months. A great, great salary, good salary at that time, uh, around $1,500 per week, nice. which was decent, yeah, at you know. That time, yeah. And then uh, when I came back, cause, uh, their tour was from April to uh, December, and then when I came back for Christmas, uh, I received a call from uh, Carlos Colon, who was going to Puerto Rico. Uh, had been sending so many packages over the years. So finally, they called me back. At, at first, I was calling them. They didn't know what it was. They didn't want to hear anything 
from me. The secretary was saying, no, they're busy, they're not there. And then I was shocked. Carlos was on the phone asking me that I wanted to join and be there. So tomorrow, <laughs> you fly from Montreal to JFK, JFK to Puerto Rico. Oh, boy. And, and here I was, you know, wrestling on top against Jose Gonzalez, the guy who killed those. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, were you nervous <laughs> going over there? Yeah, man. I was nervous a little bit. You know, where I get the most, when I got the most nervous about the whole thing was uh, when they start not to pay me, you know, for maybe five, yeah. six, five, six weeks. And then I was talking with some of the boys, and the guys were like 12 weeks behind and 20 weeks behind and that many weeks behind. And then eventually I, I made my, my mind, I said, okay. I've been calling my mom a few times to Western Union need some money, so I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying to myself, I can't, I can't uh, put debts on top of debts like that. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be, it was, it was rough, you know, because uh, it was a cheap hotel, and air, AC air conditioning wasn't working, and I was not getting paid. Uh, it was just, it was hard, you know, no hot water on the road, you know, when we wrestle at Puerto Rico. There only cold showers. It's just not that bad, you know, because it's out on the island. But there's no comfort whatsoever. You're very outside your comfort zone. You, you really have to grind. And, you know, it's not like the guys, the Puerto Rican guys, they go back to their house and things like that. But yeah. we're, you know, we're having, like, not greatest conditions. So I decided I was going to leave the island because I, I couldn't make it anymore. And then they called they called me back home and they said, Hey, we need you. Why why did you why did you leave? I said, Well, I, I can't make it. If you don't pay me every week, I, there's no way I can stay there. Yeah. So we'll square off with you and come back. We'll square off with you. We'll pay for your flight oh, boy. tomorrow. And then that's when you get nervous. Yeah, <laughs> is that yeah, a, right. Is that a, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking, don't go. <laughs> don't go. <laughs> Should I go or I don't go? They seem to be pretty sincere about it. it was, you know, it, it was pure logical. I, I couldn't, I couldn't survive on the island without getting paid. You know, it was yeah. just uh, common sense. You yeah. know, and, and and they had me on top too. So you know, they and they started to pay. They, they squared off with me, and they from that day on, they paid me every week, and everything went well. And then, then they were bringing more talents, like, uh, you know, bringing guys from WCW and WWF. And then, and then eventually Jacques Rougeau came on the island and wrestled Carlos, and I was on the crew. And then uh, and he saw me, and I spoke to him in French, and then uh, yeah. looked at me, where are you from? <laughs> Same place that you are. And then, how <laughs> come I don't know you? How long have you been working? Eight years? all over Europe and things like that so they never heard of me watched uh, some of my matches and I called Vince and uh, had tryouts uh, with WWF in uh, Carolina South Carolina North Carolina came back and two three months after we were put us together as the Quebecers yeah. and then I oh, 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 after my tryouts it took maybe two months before everything got put together. And then when I found out after I had toured in Japan for winning, I came back to Puerto Rico and finished like there. And then I 
went back to Montreal and then we set up a ring in Jacques' uh, backyard and we started practicing like every day, you know, uh, tag team moves and bringing guys in to just, just work on our, you know, chemistry and yeah. uh, executions and things like that. Really worked hard and then uh, we had like Jacques' nephew was Dennis Gautier Jr. It was Uh, got drafted by the Calgary Flames. And I remember his sister, Joanne, uh, the, the mother of his junior. Oh. She was like, she, she came out on the balcony sometimes. Well, guys, you take care of him. He's going to be worth millions of dollars in a couple of years from now. Don't injure him. She was like so paranoid. <laughs> We're doing the tower on him. We're doing like the leg drop Boston crab. <laughs> And she's going crazy. He's a first round pick. Don't touch the merchandise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, he had played the junior for Team Canada. He had won the gold medal. Oh, it was uh, it was funny. It was funny, and uh, and then and then we were ready when we started on TV. We made an impact right away. Yeah, and, yeah. You guys, uh, uh, we, we, yeah, uh, won the won the straps, I believe, pretty early. Uh, yeah, did you get yeah. in there? September thirty thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. So uh, against the Steiner brothers and. Uh, on raw and that's on the uh that was on the special uh 25th anniversary of the uh special raw edition on the dvds or whatever and uh yeah it was the beginning of raw 93 too you know we're having uh, good numbers we're doing like for a show just started on the cable company on yeah. USA network yes, eh? 2.2 and 2.3 and Vince was really super, super happy with the ratings uh, when we first started uh, having Raw. Really, uh, it was a very good move. Very good move. Very happy about everything. Um, one thing that I always remember from that time, <clears throat> because that was right in my heyday as a, as a fan, was uh, your feud. I, I believe it could have been, I want to say, 19... 95 maybe i can't remember right on you're right on 95 your feud with bret hart yeah yeah and then it culminated that in your house what is that experience like being a, a man uh, of your nature a, a canadian wrestler as well in a feud with bret hart basically the excellence of execution couldn't have asked for a better matchup for me you know when they They first, you know, like had proven myself, you know, had uh, wrestled like many main events, WrestleMania 10. Yeah. And main evented like the, the forum a few times, and especially the Jacques Rougeau retirement match where they like sold out and you have like a WrestleMania event because the whole roster was on end, you know, like Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, like everybody was wrestling under us. So, uh, and everybody came to Montreal to witness that show, and it was supposed to be on Coliseum Video, and uh, and it was not because of big falling out, Jonathan Vince. But uh, uh, Vince was on end in Montreal with everybody, Jerry Briscoe and Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson. So uh, 
I think for me that was a big test, and uh, I felt like I had fun. They gave me a five thousand dollar bonus uh, on some of my paydays, so I guess they were pretty impressed with yeah. the way that I handled uh, the main event and uh, being undefeated for eight months as Jean Pierre Lafitte was another proof that Vince really liked my work and really liked what I was doing. But before they put me in a program with Brett, we uh, we had to we had to wrestle them. And, and Bruce came to me and said, "It's going to be like a, a test road for you. You know, if you do well against Brett tonight, and might have like a, a rivalry or you know a feud with him." So uh, it was in Nashville, and your house is the dark. It was the last match of the night. I tore it up. And then we came back for another uh, in your house, and this one was like a semi-main event or something. I was way up on the card, I guess, and uh, we crushed it. And and then we we stayed married a little bit. Me and Brett for like three to four months. We feuded like all over the states and basically a lot in Europe as well, like Germany, England. Yeah. And that was one of the greatest, uh, happiest time and greatest time of my life, discussing uh, the excellence of the executions like night after night and just learning from one of the great technicians, you know, in the in our industry. I bet. So it was, it was, it was very, it, it was an honor and it was a privilege and it was, uh, it was a good, uh, good fit and uh, Brett was a good Became good friends, me and Brett. Yeah. I mean, during that period of time, we did. It's it's uh, it's hard to get close to. Brett. It was hard to get very friendly with with Brett. Not 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 for the feud or for matches, but they they used to call him the Lonely Wolf a little bit. Like he was like going out on himself and you know pretty much riding by himself. It was he was very by himself. Oh, he was like, uh, I guess he was trying to avoid problems or, you know, or the blah, 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 or I don't know. Uh, always polite, uh, always very professional. And, uh, but every time that we would share the dressing rooms together or had to put a match together, he was on his day day all the time. Like, he's always nice to be around and it was a good you know could put a good joke here and there sometimes too it, was, it made me laugh at you you know two times so I, it was nice being around him do you still keep in touch with brett you still friends with him uh just when i see him whenever uh we did never exchange uh we did exchange phone numbers for that pay-per-view or yeah. other events where Brett was so professional that he would say, you know, just give me a call. So we kind of laid out a structure of a match. And then so when we got there, you know, we pretty much, we knew where we were going, going what kind of direction we would take. And I went a little bit about, you know, what was coming up. So he was that much of a professional. And, uh, but every time that I, the chance to, you know, cross paths with him, uh, Tremendous respect and just the fact that he put me on the uh, best list, uh, yeah. best matches of his life on the uh, Bret Hart Dungeon Collection DVD. Uh, uh, that was uh, that meant a lot to me. Um, we have a question in the chat because we're live on on Twitch tonight. We have a question in uh, Roadshow asks, 
uh, are there any talents uh, during that era? So let's say uh, the era that you, you were feuding with Brett, so 95 era. Are there any talents during that era in the WWF that you didn't get to work with that you really wish you did? Well, I had uh, one, if not maybe a couple more. Like one for sure in Montreal, I remember, with John Michaels. Yeah. And I really wished that I would have, like, if we could get along better, uh, you know, because we were, like, I always, like, admire his work. He's one of my my best, you know, I, I, rated, I rate him as one of the best worker ever. I really, I, when I've wrestled him, I had the time of my life because he, he can really make you look good. You know, he, he, uh, he's, he's a hell of a, you know, bumper and yeah. just, just, just knows how to make it like work. You know, he just, just have, he knows what button to press to make it work, you know, and, uh, he can make, can make you look like so good. And then he made me look so like, like a million bucks in Montreal and, uh, wrestled them and uh i wish i could have had like a run with him i, I shot like to vince an idea for a few would be and, and sean but it never happened and that was after when we got along together like at one point everybody knows that me and the kid never got along that much <laughs> yeah at all <laughs> we didn't get along at all but it, it's it's funny how things change because now i'm probably I won't say that, that that Kevin Nash is one of my best friends, but he's a good friend of mine. That's someone that makes me laugh, and I enjoy being around him now. And uh, it's just that at that point, it was so competitive. It, it was, uh, you know, all the boys were, were it, it felt like we are in the jungle or we are at wars. I don't know what it was. It was just something up in the air, you know, like... Uh, Sean was very cocky, very confident, and you know that 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 made guys be you know mad at him because the way he was you know he was uh, portraying himself as as being part of the office almost or being so important that he just pissed off a lot of guys. But uh, but his work rate and the way he worked, nobody even never questioned the talent that he had and how, how great he was. But as a person, it was just a different story. But for me to fall into that trap and, and, and to be, you know, to, 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 to go and to be at war with, with, with him or with them, I think I, I didn't show any, I didn't show any mask that I was mastering my, my mind or myself better than them. You know, well, I, I put myself at their level yeah. by by acting like they were acting. If they were acting cocky, I would throw back cockiness at them. If they were <laughs> acting superior, I would show my, that I was superior to them. And if they didn't want to do something, then I, I would show that I didn't want to do things if I, if I wanted not to do things either. So I... I, I did put myself at their at their level, so I can't criticize. Yeah, because I didn't do any, I didn't do any better at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, 
but I wish I could have had like uh, a, a big feud with him. With I think Sean. it would have been crazy. You know? Um, you said something in there in uh the the you know the click and the competitiveness the competitiveness uh, at that time. Is it like that today? Because you're still in locker rooms today. You're with the boys today in today's day and age. Do you feel that same competitiveness? Yeah, yeah same thing. Yeah. It's the same, but it's uh, it's less outspoken. Yeah, you know, it's, it, everyone keeps it to himself more. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the click, it was really, really yeah. loud. It was, it was like, really, what's, oh, what's we're worse? Okay. You know? Yeah, we're we're the kings of the ring. This and uh, Sean would come out and had a great match and say, "Try to top that match," and <laughs> he would brag. And on top of being cocky, he would brag about himself, and he had the reason to brag. But it just pissed people off so much that at the all that that the, the dressing room got so so uh, mad, and uh, so many clicks, and uh, yeah. it just people. It divided a lot of people, you know. Yeah. But it still is like that. Now it's on a lower, lower level. But the the, the, the mindset is still the same, you know. Everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants to be involved. Everybody wants to be in a main storyline, and uh, that that's the nature of the sport, you know. Any sports, you know. So yep. you, you want to be on the edge and compete and 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 be the difference maker. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's two more, uh, in the past questions I have, and, and then we're going to get more to what you go- got going on today. Um, and I'm going to skip over, uh, your time in WCW and I'm going to go back to it, but I'm very interested in, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were in the brawl for all in the WWF or E, how was that yeah. pitched to you? And was it what you expected? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was okay. The way it was pitched to me, uh, I was like uh, 98 and 90, 1998, 1999. Yeah. I had signed like a, a decent, great deal with WWF, and uh, I think it was WWEF, World Wrestling yeah. Entertainment Federation at that time. Uh, they, they knew they were going to move to WWE eventually. Uh, but uh, it was pitch like this is so funny. It's funny because I met Bruce Hart. I've worked with him for MLW before he yeah. resigned with Vince, and I met him on a different occasion. He was not my boss. You no, know? he was. Uh, I met him at PW uh, Pro Wrestling Tees at the store in Chicago. Yeah. That was there, and he was signing signing there, and I was there visiting the store meeting people and we had a great chat like like me and you tonight you know not on a different level i'm your boss you're my employees it was no bullshit you know it was all sincerity and i didn't i didn't bring that up to him i didn't say bruce you made me laugh the day that you called me for golf for all <laughs> You're such an asshole, or you're such a worker, or you know, I didn't. I, I could have said it. Yeah. You know, it was the time to do it. 
but he goes, uh, I picked up the phone and I had a big family party that day and we're in the pool and during summertime. You know, hey, Carl, this is Bruce Richard. How are you, man? Well, I'm great. What about you? Yeah, it's great. Vince got a great idea for you. Oh, Vince, whoa, I'm like, whoa, yeah. I put the phone there. I'm like, whoa, that sounds pretty interesting. What is it? It goes, oh, we're going to do a tournament with 16 guys. Ah, it's going to be a shoot. You know, like you're gonna shoot. It's gonna be real fights, you know, with 20 ounces glove, and you can hit yourself in the face for real. And uh, ah, that's interesting. And then, and then it's gonna be five points, you know, when you hit the, mm -hmm. the target, and, uh, and the body shots like two points, five points to the head, and five points for a takedown. Oh, that sounds good. And I'm thinking in my head, like, what's the takedown? I, I I had no knowledge at all about the uh, UFC back then. Yeah, now, I know it exists, but I never I never went to you know amateur wrestling or that wasn't part of my you know never liked amateur wrestling. So a double leg down or single leg down or you know whatever fire you know fireman scary for for me it was just like a, a pro wrestling hold. Like it wasn't something that you would pass when you roll with someone in amateur wrestling. You know, I do or a chicken wing or things like that. I didn't know that those things came from, you know, amateur wrestling. Yeah. So, uh, so, so your, your first opponent will be Dr. Dex. He will win that day and that day. Okay, uh, Bruce, tell Vince, thank you for the idea. It's a great idea. Nicky, I'll be there. And then uh, I, I remember the adrenaline started rushing a little bit and then, I figured out, okay, I got a week to get ready for this now, and uh, I don't really barely, you know, I've, I've uh, street fights and things like that in my life, but I never took boxing lessons or wrestling lessons or anything like that. I mean, the real shoot wrestling, you know, like I've learned a little bit with, with guys when I was at school. Because Dan Crowfat, you know, Phil Lafon was always telling me, you know, I'll teach you some, some things just in case someone wants to, you know, take liberties on you and be able to uh, show him that you know, like, some, you know, wrestling uh, tricks. Uh, and then you'll gain some respect from, from your opponent that may save you a lot of problems. So uh, I always kept that in mind. I've learned those tricks from, from Dan, Crow, Dan Crowfat. And that... Uh, when I went there, I didn't know what I was going into. I just, I just relied on my toughness. As a, you know, since I was a kid, I had been involved in a lot of, you know, fights, and so it was pretty good. So I just, that's basically that's, I just relied on my instinct to fight. You know, I had no, no techniques whatsoever. Yeah. So. So I was every time I'd throw a punch, I'd go to, you know, pull his head off. You know, like to, yeah. I'd go for the big one. I was launching bombs all the time. You know, like that pulls a lot of juice. I was not compact, and I was not throwing like, uh, just just going with the speed. You know, it's like I was putting a lot of wide and large, and just trying to the you know, just to hit him with the big knockout. You know, that's what I had in mind. And that one thing that I didn't want to, it was I didn't want to get knocked out for sure. That I, I wanted to avoid, you know, 
uh, dancing like a slice of bacon on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, and 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 I, and I believe in my chance if I, you know, get four wins and then I get, you know, two hundred thousand dollars and maybe a good push after that. Yeah. So I went, I, I went with it, and I'd say. 16 guys made the tournament. Probably 25 guys were asked to be part of it. A lot of them turned it down. Like Ken Shamrock turned it down. Wow. Yeah, he said, no, I'm not going there swinging, you know, gloves with guys, you know, he 300 was, pounds plus. Yeah. Is, and having my hands, you know, fully, you know, recovered. So I, where you couldn't, you couldn't use his fingers or you couldn't use his jujitsu or, but just like takedowns and, and boxing, basically. So Shamrock turned it down. Uh, Jock turned it down. Uh, a bunch of guys turned it down. I got a lot of phone calls from the boys, from people saying, oh, don't, don't get there. You're going to look bad on TV if you get knocked out. It's going to be uh, pretty a disaster for your career. And on top of that, um, on my first fight against Steve Williams, uh, Hawk of the Road Warriors yep. came up to me. And he goes, Carl, you know, you know, Steve's, he's a loose gun, you know, he's loose cannon, loose cannon, cannon crazy. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know his reputation, you know, he's been like, you know, torturing people all during the whole full of full time during his career. And I said, I don't care. He said, no, no, don't do that. Please, just, you know, for your health. Just when he tags you, just go down. Pick up the 5G and don't, don't get up. Let him win. And I said, no, it's Mike, you just go back to Steve. Tell him to, can I swear on your show? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I just, just tell him to go fuck himself. And, and... I'm going to give him the fight of his life. I'm, I'm going to fucking knock him out. Just tell him go. that. And so, uh, so just before we walked into the ring for the introduction, then C was banging his head on the, <clears throat> on the lockers and he was punching the lockers and he made a big show looking at me, trying to intimidate me. And, uh, so that that was basically it. And uh, just before the match started, the coach, the former coach, was a well-known coach in the NFL, and uh, had coach Steve for uh, Oakland Raiders, and said, you know, nobody's going to go to him. And uh, I've seen him, you know, with 100 stitches on his face, and he kept on uh, wanted to play on the line hmm. and didn't want to quit the game. So uh, it was a big schwaz, big show about him. And uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have laid down for no one, yeah, for no for no money or for just to save my ass. I mean, that guy, that, that's not my type of guy, you know. I'll, I'll go to war, whatever I whatever I have to give it to you, I'll give it to you. But uh, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna push you out like that. Um. So, that was a that was a great story. I was interested on that, and the other thing I'm interested about is you had a a small time in WCW from about 
96 to 97 you went over to wcw and what i'm really concerned what i really am interested in is the the difference basically from working in the wwe under vince and then over in the wcw under i guess uh at that time you ted turner i guess Uh, yeah well sort sort of yeah eric bischoff it was eric bischoff and kevin sullivan oh Sullivan, yeah um, well, it was mostly, mostly it was Hulk, though. But, you know, Hulk Hogan was mostly in charge, I guess. Because, you know, we're, we're making our debut there. We're, I guess, Nasty Boys, and we're supposed to get over for the first night on Nitro. And, you know, the Nasty Boys, they're good friends of Hulk, and they went to Hulk, they changed the finish on our debut. So, uh, and that's the thing. I never really wanted to go to WCW because yeah. I didn't have. I, I really worked hard to create good relationships with Vince McMahon, with JJ Dillon, with Bruce Pritchard, with Jim Ross, Jerry Briscoe, with Pat Patterson. Like I, you know, it took time. It takes time to, to get a note. People and to get them to know you and to know what you can do and you know they have seen me from the beginning to you know working you know um, main eventing Francis uh, Square Gardens yeah. against Brett or main eventing uh, form against Shock or Terry the, the tag team straps you know when when it meant something and. Uh, I felt like starting all over from scratch for me. For Jacques, it was different because he had been on in Pensacola with Robert Fuller. He knew uh, Kevin Sullivan from another territory. Mm-hmm. He, knew, you know, he knew those guys a little bit. And that was very, uh, always like a North guy territory. You know, brought up in Canada. Uh, growing up watching uh, AWA a little bit and watching mostly WWF and international wrestling and seeing guys from like the Road Warriors or King Tonga and guys like that came into Montreal for the local territory back then. So uh, going down south and going for people that I never met before that I didn't know or didn't know me that much other than what they've seen on the other channel. but it's just an image, you know. They, they don't know they don't know you personally. So yeah, um, yeah. So it wasn't like we we're, were a little bit lost in the shuffle there. I feel like it wasn't a great run. We 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 had great matches with Harlem uh, Heat. I, I really got along great with uh, Stevie Ray. It was got, got to be one of the best friend I had there you know, over the years. Uh, uh, knew you Morris because uh, Bill was like uh, my partner in Japan, uh, and I knew a bunch of guys too that had moved from WWF to WCW. So uh, as far as the boys, you know, I, I got along good with pretty much everybody, but everybody from the office, I uh, had yeah. to rebuild that, those contacts, which uh, I didn't have time to do. Yeah. So, so that for me it wasn't a 
wasn't a good experience. I mean, all experiences are a good experience, yeah. but it, not it a turned out one. to be good. Not a pleasant yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but all that built um, built the character, built <laughs> what we have now in, in PCO. Yeah. And uh, it was just recently announced Ring of Honor, uh, their reopening plans, what they have in store. I, I've I've talked to the Beer City Bruisers on here. Uh, they said Ring of Honor has been treating you guys great. They, their mindset is all all you know safety, this and that, and, and they just announced their their reopening. Uh, PCO uh, coming back. Uh, what are are the plans uh, for PCO? Ring of Honor wise in the future when you can get back in that ring. Uh, I think for the first tour it's gonna be hard for yeah. uh, because they're working with the athletic commission in Maryland. Okay. They're really, really they're really like uh, on the edge, you know, on their feet and they really wanna do like things uh, aren't gonna be like WWE or AEW yeah. where you, you won't have wrestlers around the ring cheering for for the boys. It's gonna be only like the refs and two guys. They're trying to minimize, you know, yep. the ta- talent in the ring, minimize the talent around the ring, minimize the uh, ring crew, minimize like everything. Guys mainly are gonna be transported in a different uh you can't even use your own car. You have to use their car, which are like all, you know, sprayed and everything. Yeah. Disinfected and everything. And it's going to be only like a few guys at a time. You know, you're going to be uh, allow a certain amount of time per match. Like, even if the match is 15 or 20 minutes, you're going to be allowed like because they have to change a new cover and, yep. and, and do the, the ropes between every match and so it's maybe an hour is going to be allowed for each and every match you know by the time they start everything and they finish and end up everything i mean maybe a, a, the average would be a match per hour even if the match is like 12 15 minutes or 20 minutes so uh it's guys have to stay in their room you can't you know get out of their room you have to go for some fresh air they need to wear the mask and all time so it's super, super like about health, you know. Yeah. And no guys, no Canadian guys, no England guys, no guys from uh, Australia. So oh. There's no travel, not much traveling, you know. Pretty much gonna be guys, and within a radius of six hours of transportation by car, you know, maybe a few fly-ins in the states, but and that's it's. Uh, that's the way they're gonna start the first tour, and they really want to make a good impression with the Athletic Commission in Maryland. Yeah, they want them to be impressed because they want to, you know, keep on throwing those. Eventually, as things get better, uh, maybe this, the, the other tour and the next tour, then maybe we can start bringing guys from other countries. But I, I, I guess they, the the mind. The mind state of the athletic commission is that we're not going to bring people from Canada that might infect people here, you know. So, the or 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 are going to get infected in their flight coming here, yeah. And and everybody's got to take a test at home first and set it by mail and test negative, and then two more negative tests. It's basically almost like the uh, NHL bubble. It's going to be yeah. a bubble town, yeah. 
going to be at Baltimore, Maryland at the UNBC. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's basically it's the bubble system. That's what it is. So it's, it's a very safe, healthy system. I mean, it's working for yeah, sports right now. It sucks for you yeah. being up in Canada. I mean, you're up in Canada right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's working well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing like nobody, nobody getting – there's no case whatsoever uh, so far in the NHL. Yeah. So everything everything works fine. So uh, I think it's a good, you know, good healthy system. Like I said, right now here in Canada, we're, we're, we're seeing the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So I guess maybe in a couple of months because we started before. I remember because I was on a tour in, in uh, Vegas and Canada already started like, you know, saying, okay, quarantine, this, lockdown, that and that. And then the states are still like having shows and still running shows and uh, casinos still open and things like that. So we were like ahead of you guys on on, uh, on moving forward with all the, the new rules and, yeah. and how to, how to uh, you know, deal with that crisis. So uh, that's why I think right now we're, uh, we're doing well. We, we just started before. Yeah. It makes, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it, we could get on a whole, it's going to be a whole nother show. My oh, per- yeah. My personal belief is America needs to start over, uh, shut us all down again for four to six weeks and yeah, try, yeah, yeah, <laughs> try yeah. to do it right this time. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's another show. PCO. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about some of your other projects, uh, non-wrestling related, uh, in uh, when I was learning and, and researching and doing a lot of a lot of stuff about you, uh, are you working on a, a screenplay or a, a comic book of some sort? Yeah, it's more it's a screenplay. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a movie. Yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, working yeah. on that. Well, Based around the PCO character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be great. And, and and really, really to get a. <sighs> You know, since we didn't have like the time this year because yeah. of the pandemic, yeah. didn't have the time to to do what I wanted to do with this character. So I decided to use that uh, that time uh, to uh, to go ahead and, and make sure that the character would still evolve through this this time. The character was not going to stay where it was when this whole thing started. The character has evolved and uh, and and. And I had envisioned a lot of things that could have uh, happened in the ring, yep. but couldn't do it. So I decided to make it on, on, you know, on a film. Yeah. Like an alternate uh, universe. Yeah, yeah. But every, every time that was shooting something uh, where it's about two minutes and 20 seconds, uh, the first thing that we're going to do, we're going to put all those two minutes and 20 seconds adding up all together. And then that's going to be like a movie, a, uh, that's gonna make a movie by itself. You know, we might have to <clears throat> change some scenes or redo some scenes or you know adapt the dialogue a little bit uh, at yeah. different places. Uh, but that that's that's gonna be something where I want to do uh, I want to do a, a big launch of this, like uh, just to invite everybody, the wrestling fans, the people from the uh, movie industries, from you know like. 
and Netflix people and things like that, and then yeah. to invite them and in LA in a in a theater and then do like a premiere there, uh, just 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 in a uh, just in one room, you know, in one theater. Yeah. And I want to do one in Canada as well. So one in, in LA and one in Canada. And uh, and then from there, uh, you know, we uh, probably go with season two or, you know, the yeah. uh, another uh, screenplay that I've, I've, uh, I've been uh, working on. So uh, this one is going to be evolving until the end of the, that season one. And that's going to that's gonna turn out to be a movie. And then after that, we're, we're starting another screenplay, another movie. Awesome. So... Uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot of work. There's a, the crew's been like getting bigger and bigger. Our studios are getting like you know, we got awesome studios now. We 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 started you know with a small team and it it just keeps on growing and just keeps on getting better and uh, everything keeps on getting better and then now uh, uh, we get you know a lot of people that want to get in into the uh, the project so. Uh, and that's gonna evolve a lot, and that's that's the uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. You know, Sweet, it's gonna be good. Sounds great. Make something. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, um, I I've 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 kept you long enough, man. This has been a great night. Um, what I like to do at the end of of all my shows is uh, I give the mic to you. You can put over whatever you want. We've been putting links in the chat all night. Uh, you can you can plug anything. Tell us where to get anything, bury anything. I don't care. I won't interrupt you, PCO. The floor is yours. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I've, had, I've, had, I've been doing a lot of cameos lately. I'm yeah. on cameos. And uh, I've had, like, some pretty uh, – and, and, and in a way, I'm kind of uh, – Asking myself, okay, why this is <laughs> happening to me? Uh, no, 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 because I do three or four a week because I, I do different ones. But the one, the one that stroked my imagination tonight, and I've got two days to, to deliver to the guy. He uh, basically asked me uh, to make him a cameo to motivate him to give him the courage to go through what he's going through. Oh. He just had a uh, heart transplant, transplant, but it's in titanium. And uh, he's going through some rough times. And he said, you've been, like, when I was watching wrestling with my dad that passed away, uh, as a Quebecer, you, was, you were my hero. You were my hero as Jean-Pierre Lafitte, and you are now my hero. And I want you to uh, shoot a video for me. When I go through some rough time." Uh, I can look at my cameo and, you know, that's going to keep me moving forward. So, uh, and I'm asking myself, why me? And yeah. I'm just thinking maybe he, you know, I've watched uh, the documentary done by Kenny Johnson yeah, or great, yeah. Yeah. My, my interview with Chris, Chris Van Vliet on, on long interview uh, at, at Chris Van Vliet's house in Cincinnati before he moved to, uh, to L.A., and for whatever reason, uh, I think it translated to my character is PCO is not humans. PCO keeps going forward. PCO doesn't care about this or that, doesn't care about what people are thinking or saying about 
age or not age or as long as I perform, as long as I steal the show, as long as the, the, I am the man that the people want to say to, to see, and uh, and, uh, and then as long as I can perform and be on a high uh, level or performance, yeah. uh, I'm there with my goals, with my dreams. And I think if I do inspire others, uh, all my life I've, I've been inspired by guys like George Foreman, like Muhammad Ali, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, those guys inspired me. And if I can create that same effect on other people on all walks of life, you know, as guys in sports, guys like that with surgery, uh, people going through some rough times, people aren't happy with their job and they want to live out to their dream. If they reach out to me and they ask me, to pump them up and give them like, you know, the fuel to get going. Um, I feel like uh, it's very re rewarding, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's, uh, it feels also that it's not a selfish purpose, but it's a very, uh, it's a very rewarding, yeah. as, not as far as my ego, but as far as, we are all together in this and then we're all, you know, trying to get better as person, uh, you know, as monsters, as whatever we are. And I think that's, I think the, at the end of the day, that's the uh, legacy and the impact that I want to have on this business. I want to impact that business in a way that no one else has ever impacted the wrestling business. It's, that's my goal, and uh, I want to do huge numbers. But with those huge numbers, I want to be able to reach out to as many people as I can and be an inspiration and inspire people because I've been inspired by so many great names and so many great people, and I just want to give back. And that's basically what I had to say. Awesome. PCO that that's that cameo story was phenomenal uh i i am honored tonight to have you on the show i'm grateful that you gave us this time and uh yeah man i look forward to seeing you in the ring and everything you guys got going on so uh, i gotta i gotta i gotta yeah. congratulate you on your what were you trying to break tonight when I saw you on Twitter trying to break oh, something? Oh. I'm going to have BCO tonight. <laughs> yeah. I got to break this thing in a half. So then, I, I love. Oh, it's so, so amazing. So cool. I, I love. You I lo had me yeah. going. I pop. I, I pop like crazy. I love, I love those segments that you guys did. And I almost, <laughs> I almost took, I almost took some <laughs> jumper cables and like attached it to my body. But I had my three-year-old with me, and I, I thought she might get sick. So I had this, like, it was like a metal pipe, but it was bendable because I had bent it before because I, I bent it and broke it to fit something. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot yeah. this video, and I'm going to bend it. And if I can't bend it, I'll bend it on my knee. And I went to do it, and I couldn't do it. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. I threw it. <laughs> Uh, I was entertained, and I had me going. I was laughing so hard. I guess Thank it you worked. very much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. Yeah. It's awesome. I had Thank a lot of fun. So and, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I feel we could have talked yeah. all night. It was a great conversation. Uh, it was a blast. Thanks a lot. Yeah, have Anytime. a good night. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that was awesome.
That was awesome. Uh, this guy is called the Standing Streamer. <laughs>